What's up, buddies? Hey, welcome to Y'all Ever, the only podcast on the internet. There are no other options. This is it. Uh, my name is Hampton Yunt. This is a comedy mental health program all about staring into the dark abyss and trying not to fucking blow your brains out. <laughs> Y'all ever? <laughs> oh, man, today's a great episode. I sat in with uh, Robin Tran. She's so funny. I know her from stand-up comedy, but more than that, she's a great uh, online uh, persona, has a million projects in the work, and uh, is just a delight. Uh, This was one of my favorite interviews that I've had so far, and I really hope you enjoy them. Um, I want to give a special shout out to the band that gave me this new theme song, Virginity. Holy shit. Their song, Bad Call. It's all about mental health. It's so fucking good. It's just a fucking banger. It's awesome. <laughs> and thank the, thank you guys so much for giving me a cool song. And like the fact that when I reach out to people for shit like that, for a dumb podcast called Y'all Ever and people respond to that. It's just insane. It's insane to me that that's my life and that I get to do things like that. Um, Let's see. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com for five bucks a month. Uh, That's a membership. I'm trying to work out how to do a year-long thing and kind of switch up the Patreon right now. But uh, right now, $5 a month is a great way to support the podcast. You get bonus episodes once a week on Mondays. And uh, really appreciate it. Also, if you want to support the podcast, there's merch. There's yalllever.threadless and stuff at hamptonyutton.threadless. And I have my albums for streaming and all sorts of things. And just whenever you tell people about this podcast and share it, it helps so much. I mean, it's really the small things that just help in general. And it's the combination of all of you helping in some small way that gives me a fucking career, gives me any sort of... Uh, creative outlet right now. <laughs> and you guys are the best. I'm not going to read any emails this week. Just going to jump in right to this interview with Robin. Really hope you enjoy it and uh, stick around. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
Are we going to pretend that we've been chatting and it's all friendly? Oh, or, man, like, dude. <laughs> tell me another one. Go on. Just, Robin, just go on. Tell another one of those great stories, those wonderful road stories that only come from just years of friendship and, like, yeah, right, references right. that we, exactly. you know, right? This is not the first time we've ever talked before. This is definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> what's, our, what's our catchphrase? What's our thing again? <laughs> oh, um, I, man, I'm bad at improv. You're putting me on the spot. That's what we always say. I'm bad at improv. (laughs) 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 Kind of has a duo. I'm bad at improv. improv. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, see, I'm bad at timing. You don't need timing with comedy, though. Completely fine. Timing is not important at all. The more you fuck with it, actually, the funnier you are in a lot of ways, for sure. No, no, it's true. Yeah, I've I've learned a lot the past few years. I hope this thing doesn't lag. You know, I'm all paranoid because, like, I did a show before, like, a Zoom show, and mm. the booker was really neurotic, so he sent me three pages. The Zoom. How to, how to get the most optimal Zoom. Like, <laughs> like you know, are you going to be near the router? Are you going to – and I, I had, like, a panic attack. I'm like – Oh, man. Like, so now I'm all worried, like, oh, my God, is this going to freeze and stuff? And I'm, well, I'm all insecure about my own internet connection now because of this fucking booker. It's like, hey, you know your internet is dog shit, right? You know, you're not near the router. You're not, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Anyway, so. This is great. Uh, I love yeah. this. This is a new level to be disappointed with stand-up. <laughs> where now I'm just like, I suck if I don't have like Dane Cook's router. <laughs> I don't have like. <laughs> Did you know that? Carlos Mencia steals other people's Wi-Fi, dude? <laughs> he doesn't even have his own router. Yeah, he's just lifting it though. He's not stealing it. Isn't all aren't all routers like remixed from an old router? <laughs> I literally to this day couldn't tell you what a modem and a router do and no, what the difference no is. Yeah, but no, I'm glad. I'm glad to do this. I um, don't worry if it cuts out for sure. You 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 probably don't remember. I you know I was a jerk for most of my life until maybe like a few months ago. You know, um, I. You know, I feel you know how Mark Marin does his podcast and he like owes everyone like an apology when he's posting. <laughs> I've been going on other people's podcasts just to apologize. Dude. To give. Uh, I said something mean about you one time, and I don't know if you even remember, but I always felt bad about it. You know when you're depressed and everything just sucks? <laughs> everything sucks. Comedy sucks. You suck. I suck too, so I'm not making myself, I'm not absolving myself. And um, so I was just shitting on everything that everyone put out. And um, I just, it was a mystery science theater. It came out. And I guess, because people were having a good time. I didn't even watch it. I just came out and said, like, fuck you all for liking this stupid show. And all this, I was just, you know, going off and just like, oh, I'm going to trigger people by saying everything sucks. And then I realized later on, like, oh, my God, people that I like are on the show. I didn't know you were on it. Baron really? Bond was on the panel. This is so, so funny. So I was like oh man, I bet you that he read my fucking... I think I retweeted you and said it was great and <laughs> this is the one person who's speaking the truth. And like, Oh man, I, I probably didn't even read it, but if he did, I don't know how to say sorry because it'd be weird if... I That's could, incredible you know, so like, all of you. What? <laughs> That's incredible of you to th- be that thoughtful and think that I would in any way, you know... Even also, if I remembered that, this not that would not be on my radar to no, be mad see, about for sure. That's not just thoughtful though. I'm narcissistic. I think everything that I've ever said about anyone, they remember. Like, so I've apologized to people for a lot of things. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking. I'm mad at you is, now. What's brought on the me. sudden change? Like, is this a is this an AA thing? Like, you're on a oh no, making I, amends. I've been, 
I got on the right medication last September, like 13 months ago. What are you taking? Um, taking Lamictal right now. I've been on Wolbutrin for a while now, but Lamictal is like changing my life. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. What's like, it? Um, what's it doing? What's what's up? A, and what was the situation maybe beforehand? You know? Yeah. Well, it's a mood stabilizer. I have bipolar two. Um, bipolar two is like the you know like the the, the sequel. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have bipolar the quickening. Two, like, the <laughs> <laughs> it's underappreciated. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's very underrated. The silver medal in bipolar. Um. Bipolar one is like the one that is like you're manic and you kind of like leave the country and you spend all your money. I have the the <laughs> depressed one, which is like safer, even though you want to, you're not going to do a lot of damage outward, you know? So it was basically, I was depressed almost every day for like 25 years. Like it's, it was ever since yeah. I was like eight years old, nothing, nothing I did made it go away. Exercise, mindfulness, meditation, therapy. I tried everything. I tried th- 11 different medications because I was I had a really bad psychiatrist before that didn't care so I'd always tell her like can you give me something that works and she's like well you're depressed because you're not going on walks you know just like just dumb like wow you know like okay, you <laughs> drink the, water you know, yeah drink water you're like, so yeah when I drown <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're like go to the gym so I go to the gym I'm crying at the gym yeah. in the now I'm in shape and I'm sad <laughs> yeah, so. now I'm just a more attractive sad person <laughs> yeah it was like it was from 2017 to 2019. I like completely lost my mind. Like I like I had I experienced no joy, no sadness even, oh, no so like sorry. no emotions. I couldn't. Food didn't taste good. Music didn't sound good. Um, I had the most successful two years of my comedy career during that period. So I would wow. be in bed for 90 percent of my life. Then I would get up and I go on Comedy Central. Then I go back to bed. You know, and it was like I was so good at like pretending that I was good for like that 20 minutes. Oh my and god! I, would go to bed, I, would go to I know exactly what you mean. That was, was yeah, easily my most depressed period of time. Was my most successful, and just because. Oh yeah, right. You also You're have right. a. I have imposter syndrome. You know, to the nth degree, where I just am like, I don't know how to feel good. Right. So therefore, when a good thing happens to you, and it's almost like a certificate of like, this is validation, good thing happening, and then yes. you still are like, I don't feel good. Holy I shit! I got the I, good feel ticket, and it didn't work. It was really horrifying i was um season three of roast battle you know i'm standing on stage and i remember my first thought was you're not doing anything with your life it's like like that didn't even make any sense like and i knew logically that my thoughts didn't make sense but i didn't know how to get my brain to stop thinking that stuff you know you're self-roasting you're like yeah. a self-roasting <laughs> turkey they're like i don't know if this is Imagine the comic who just blows their brains out during roast battle. Like Alex Hooper just has blood go on his face. Looks like a clown with an exploding cake. Or yeah, it's like Eminem at Eight Mile, except his roast. Like, yeah, that's right. I, I do got a small dick. I do look like a boy. I do. I do. <laughs> He's getting hyped. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, it was. It was when I tell, when I say like the medication, I always want to advocate for medication when I'm on anything because you know there's bad and there's good. But if you rank the best thing that I've ever, like the Lamictal is number one, and like everything else is like falling in love, doing stand up comedy, coming out as trans, all of it is like distant second, third, fourth because I was not able to enjoy anything. That's beautiful, man. So it's like been 13 months, um, no depression for 13 months, even though like the world is the worst I've ever seen it. It's like, I'm still not depressed. I'm very sad about it, but I'm not depressed, you know? That says a lot. 
Yeah, but I remember, you know what's funny is I remember the first weekend because I remember when my depression went away because I was like, everything lifted, you know? And um, the first weekend it was um, my girlfriend, she bought Untitled Goose Game. And I was like, oh my God, I'm enjoying <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Oh man, yeah, good natured fun time. <laughs> yeah. Let's just and forget then, about the world. That to me is that yeah. game of like part, you know, everyone's just trying to forget about it. Just party, yeah. have a good time. But then we, but then, uh, then we would take breaks from it. And we would watch uh, Chernobyl on HBO. Yes! So, yes! Chern- <laughs> so, Chern- so Chernobyl on HBO is the first show I watched while I'm medicated, so I and I mean this. I must be. I might be the only person in the world that, when I think of Chernobyl, I think of like happy memories. Like I, <laughs> I still see Chernobyl with like this really great time in my life. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, we need to have a Chernobyl watch party. <laughs> no. This is like, <laughs> this should be a new holiday for us yeah. because I honestly, that's maybe one of my favorite shows of the last it's like great. ten years. Yeah. My favorite thing just alone is the fact that like all the voices are like, yeah, a fucking of course, I'm from Russia. I'm from, I've been born and raised in Russia my whole life. Please get Russia. It's like, I don't know. It's, they didn't bother to hire any Russian actors. They no, don't they, act, not, they don't no, exist. No, they <laughs> do not exist. Mila no, Jovovich no. shoots yeah. zombies and that's about it. <laughs> It's funny, the main, character, the main character was in Mad Men, and he also... Uh, oh, yeah, was, yeah, great role. Spoilers, but he has the same fate in both shows. <laughs> Goes bye-bye in the... <laughs> he is like, this is a guy who's, who's typecast yeah. in the worst way possible. You're not gonna. You're gonna be dead at your own hands by the end of the series. That's the thing, man. I, 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 I wish I could have felt better about... Uh, acting when I was trying to do it or going on yeah. auditions because every time I'd do an audition was like for a role that went to like Jay Baruchel or <laughs> like yeah, right, some right. standard white guy. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to be the weirdo or like the guy who dies or the yeah, guy right. who gets sick or is yeah. like, uh, <laughs> like, just give me Dalia's roles where... <laughs> How's that well, guy taking you, you my take roles? It now, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, one I more thing about Chernobyl, Chernobyl that I thought was funny um, is uh, there was that episode when they have to shoot the dogs. Mm. And I remember watching getting really annoyed. And I'm like, I bet you this is the thing that white people are going to find status in the whole series. They're going to be shooting these dogs. Not the fact that a lot of these people are, you know, there's always, you know, the Amy Cooper clip when she's calling on that. That black guy, you know, these guys trying to attack me. Oh my God, do you see what she's doing to that dog on her leash? Very white, like white people are just like. He's got radiation poisoning. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for letting me apologize. I you don't remember and all that stuff. I'm glad to finally be talking to you. You know, I'm a, I've been a yeah. fan of yours for so long. Like you were, especially when I first started, you were like the talk of the whole scene. Like, Thank Hampton, you. you know. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to things like that. Like, no, that's you, very nice of you. Thank you. I mean, I've also been a secret fan of yours for quite a while. We've mostly been Twitter friends for quite a while. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, I think that I, I'm self-conscious about people that knew me from before, you know, mm-hmm. from before, like, especially from the last two or three years. So um, I just feel a, like I'm been trying a to transition, redeem. you might say. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, this pandemic is horrible for my transition because I'm so lazy <laughs> that I've just forgotten that I'm a girl. Like, you know, like you're supposed like, you know, trans people like act like I'd say I that's know fair, a girl right? every day, but I'm just like, I'm misgendering myself at home. I'm like, yeah, 
I don't know. Who cares? I'll retransition when I come out, but just call me a guy. I'm just too tired to put makeup on. Like, just misgender me. I don't give a shit anymore. I think this is very healthy. <laughs> You're giving yourself as much ease as possible. I mean, this actually is good timing. Uh, we have kind of a trans audience to this podcast. That oh, really? I didn't expect... Um, but makes perfect logical sense because when it started out, it was just a suicide podcast, oh, okay. like straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. I was like, <laughs> oh, that like the amount of people who started emailing, I was like, oh, there's like a common thread here going on. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. We're very like um, uh, upset uh, mentally. And um, I don't know. I, it's interesting if you want to like, knowing that if there's anything that you want to say to specifically teens who are uh, trans, like we get a lot of uh, writers in who are like, you know, it's, it's a pretty fucked up time. I can't really imagine what's going on with schools during COVID now. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, okay. So like things I want to say to like younger trans people listening is um, uh, don't listen to the white ones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) First of all, (laughs) Um, They're I still say, upset about the dogs getting <laughs> killed in Chernobyl. <laughs> this is going to be just an anti-white podcast. That's the whole thing. No, but um, when I first came out, I needed some guidance, you know, and I made a lot of mistakes when I first came out. I think I put too much pressure on myself to be like, I'm supposed to be trans the right way and all that stuff. You know, I need to dress up all the time. I need to always know I'm a girl and just like things that I just said that just to get people off my back, I say things like, I was yeah. born a woman, but I don't even know what that means. Like, who cares if I was, what if I decided to be trans? No, you know, I decided five minutes ago that I'm a girl. Like, who, you know, who cares, right? Yeah. Like, I always tell, I try to tell young trans people that I didn't even change my email. It's still like Robert Trans 04. Like, it's my dead name. I don't care. You know, like, I want people to know that you can be imperfectly trans. Like, you just, you can be lazy and you're still trans. And um, what I, what I found is like, you know, I, I, was in a box in society and I got out of that box and then right away, like, and I mean, I mean, I, I jokingly, but white trans people did try to put me in a different box. Like right away, like you need mm-hmm. to change your driver's license. Now you need to, you wow. know, if you, if you get misgendered, that's an act of violence. That would just actually say violence and, you know, microaggressions are bad. So I, became hyper aware of everything. That's good for stand up. That's going to work yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. it's, a good, it's a good time to go up at the store. Just get into yeah. roast battling and stuff. I, I mean, it's, right. it's, a, it's a lot of pressure to be put yeah. under suddenly where it's like you now speak on behalf of right. trans people. I, and I, that is a problem I have with just like, not just white trans people, but you know, like just in general, white people. like White the, people in general. <laughs> just, just like to say that their experiences are universal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I made a video recently about white trans people on Twitter specifically. They'll write like forty, like a forty-three tweet thread about what this is what it's like to be trans, and I'm like, but that's what it's like for you. Why are you? And then like because a lot of their followers don't have any other trans followers, they think, well, this person told me how to act towards trans people, and that makes it like, if you tell someone here's a pamphlet on how to talk to me, everyone's gonna start being nervous around you, right? Like, yeah, and then some people, yeah. see people like walk on eggshells around me now because of that. Like, they're like, oh dude, oh my God, I, I, I call everyone dude, oh my God, do you want me to suck your dick? I'm so sorry, <laughs> whatever, like, all right, like you see, <laughs> calm down, like it's yeah, I just say the N word, dude, it's just my thing. <laughs> like, I just, I feel that freedom around people. <laughs> Especially but, you, I feel the freedom. <laughs> but there's, um, I think it's more accepting nowadays. Um, just, you know, like, for any young people listening, just, you know, be nice to yourself. Just 
Yeah. Take, any pressure you can take off for yourself, and that's just a general rule in life. Like, um, the thing that changed my life a few years ago was when I read a book and it said, um, strive to be imperfect, you know, because then, like, um, if you if you reach your goal of imperfection, you feel accomplished. Like, your goal is to be imperfect, to be <laughs> below average. I love that. Average, right? So, like, it's yeah. like... Having grace. It's kind right. of a oddly... Uh, I mean, it's it's it gets it gets appropriated by Christianity in a lot of ways, but there's some element of just like being a flawed individual is actually a better yeah. thing, and that's with the weird logic where then they're like, "Well, Trump is a good person because he fucks porn stars," and then he says he loves Jesus. You get <laughs> right. it? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, right. like, yeah. It, it does go too far the other way. I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just it's just really freeing to not like let every little thing bother me anymore. And and I have to do, I have to say that a lot of it is the medication probably. So maybe I'm wow. from, like, a privileged place. I don't know, but you a lot of things that used to bother me. Don't bother me as much anymore. And a little resentment I have with just like the way we talk about social issues is like um, people will look at my life or they'll look at me and they'll go, well, you're Asian, you're trans. It must make your life so hard. And I have to say that bipolar was harder than everything like by a lot <laughs> not even like not even oh close. man it's so like, true not, it's not even close like you know and so people talk so about true privilege. so like you know someone was complaining to me about her life and he goes like oh, i know i'm like cis and and white and able-bodied and i'm like i wouldn't switch places with you like because i'm medicated and you're not and you want to kill yourself like so like self-image it's just so, about how you're seeing yourself and if your brain's yeah. telling you lies then it's yes. like <clears throat> You're, you can't even address the outside world on yeah. like equal footing. And yeah, that's, your sense uh, of reality is gone. Story. Yeah. So yeah, I, I saw I, your tweet about how you were like, um, you know, medication did like 90% of the work. And 90%. I don't, I just don't, I can't tell my therapist about that during <laughs> sessions. <laughs> like, you, like what do you start telling your therapist where you're like, I think, um, holy shit, I, I see what you do, but it's like training wheels sometimes. <laughs> I kind of talk like, you know, like a therapist will say something to me now and I'll just like logically point out why I'm sad and why uh, emotions are a natural thing and emotions are supposed to be illogical. So I'm predictably irrational, which is in behavioral economics. And I basically know how to like navigate therapy language now because I, I was in therapy for so long. Oh, wow. That I, I it, know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, you know what I describe it as is like, I was in therapy for a while. I was at a wellness center for a while too, which is like just group therapy. And like, I lost my mind for a while, you know? So I would learn things in therapy and then it would fall out of my brain. Like nothing would stick. Like I would know the right answer, but I wouldn't be able to feel it. And I would, and it was like a piece of scotch tape. It would fall out. And I would say <laughs> that the medication was like this giant duct tape that kind of wrapped around my brain. I just kept oh, everything that wow. I learned inside. And the way my psychiatrist explained it, the psychiatrist can give medication, you know, therapy can just talk. My psychiatrist said that um, medication is like, um, the is driving and then therapy is like the GPS. <laughs> so it's like, so I, you know, therapy is to just guide you, but if you don't have a car, you can't drive and you just know where to go, but you have nowhere to get there, you know? So that was what most of my life was, was just like- You know what I'm finding? This is crazy. I don't know what it is, but I've had so many guests and talked to so many people in my life, but the, the car as a human analogy <laughs> is just so ubiquitous in every form of like diet and exercise. They're like, okay, first off, 
Think of you're a vroom vroom car, okay? You got a little horn in your tummy and it goes beep, 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 and you're a car and you drive on. It's like this Richard Scary version of seeing the world where we're all cars or yeah. some shit. Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> there have to be better metaphors because as much as I use it, I don't know. It's like, it's you know, true. <laughs> I don't come even up like with something not car always. That's yeah, I actually, I don't even like driving, so. But it's how people definitely think of stuff. Um, just like, I, I guess there's like similarities and that's like, I don't know what it is with advice. Like sometimes you're not ready to hear it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then there's just like weird analogies that <laughs> it's just weird repeat analogy. endlessly until yeah. <laughs> like they're it's a really mantra funny. and then you absorb the. Right. But you, you know, you know, the, the, you know how much I hate driving is we moved to LA and I've always been terrified of driving. And uh, did you know that if you leave your car in the garage for without starting it, it just it stops working? Did you? <laughs> did you guys? Did you all know this? Apparently, do you have a Prius? No, it was just a regular car. I just didn't start it. I just left it in the garage because I never drove it. And then one day, it just stopped working. So I call my parents and I'm like, "Look, my car stopped working. I'm gonna call a tow truck here and just want to let you guys know." And then my parents call me back and they're like. Just have a toad here. You're not. You're never going to drive again, are you? They just think, it's, like, it's like, nope. I am done driving. I am done. I have. How do you get around? Um, do you bus like it? Lift, lift, lift. or, um, but I actually have turned down gigs because I didn't want to drive to the place. Or if there was like it's a hard. parallel parking, like yeah. I can't parallel park. I'm like, ah, I can't parallel park. I'm going to say no to this $500 gig because I can't parallel park. <laughs> Those are I the mean, make or break gigs. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the bar show for 500 bucks. That <laughs> was going to turn anyway. it all around. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I've known a couple comics where they would take bus or they just didn't have a car. And like, yeah, as much as I respect it, it's definitely can be a detriment but then adam conover who's a very successful com comic uh you know he takes the bus he takes transit he bikes around yeah i'd love to get into biking but yeah i can't write i don't know either mm. my dad once tried to teach me how to, how to <laughs> with training wheels on i fell off a bike with training wheels on him. that's how uh that's how clumsy i am and i'll never forget the the fuck? Yeah, my, is you never learned how to ride a bike. I don't know why that's so funny to me. No, it's just, so I fell off the bike with training wheels on them. So there were four wheels actually on this bike, and then my dad gave me the lesson that it encapsulates our relationship. He goes, "Well, you're not good at riding a bike. You're good at something, you should just quit." And so like that. Oh my god! <laughs> so I've quit. What a monster! <laughs> so I've, 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 I have quit comedy about thirty times. Constantly just quitting comedy. Oh my god! Everything all the time. What's so. the Simpsons episode where they're like, "We're just gonna put it next to your karate belt, your guitar, <laughs> like all the <laughs> shit they buy the kid that they never do." It's and, he, and that was Homer's lesson as a joke: is like, don't try. <laughs> that was the lesson of that episode. Yeah, that's hysterical. What, when but, but it's it, a bicycle. Like it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. No, I can't. I have no. I have no type of like balance or anything i'm like i hate that i have a physical body to begin with like yeah i just wish i can just think and laugh and make jokes you know i i'm gonna guess i don't know if i'm guessing this off of tweets you said but are you into gaming like you know i'm recently i'm trying to get into gaming um mm. but i'm so lazy that games are too much work you know like because you I just actively watch that. tv and then you like now i have to control it and um, but I'm getting into Mario Odyssey and stuff. I'm trying to get off, like, not be online all the time because I'm obsessed with 
you know, Twitter and Instagram. Really? So I'm playing Dude, Final Fantasy VII I got rid of, or I lost my phone like the last two months now yeah. and I haven't gotten a replacement. And the more you can get off of Twitter and yeah, stuff, right. like, especially right now, because I don't know, things just look pretty grim for what, everyone's talking about like yeah. this wo- this woman will be appointed to the supreme court yeah. trump probably will win the election like i think so i yeah. just and if that's everything everyone wants to talk a bit about and then like you know dumb snl sketches and shit like i'd, right. I'd rather just not be there <clears throat> you know it's it's funny because like um you know before i would get so into social justice issues because like i was depressed and i was like well I'm, i'll get I'll wrap myself in a cause, you know, I'll wrap myself in a cause and it, I will have a justification for being depressed. Like, and you know, you, you hear a lot of people say this stuff, like, wow. well, if you're not depressed, you're not paying attention. And, and I think it's, it's such an irresponsible narrative and I don't think people mean it, but depression and sadness are different things. You know, like I'm, I have never been sadder about the world, but I'm, I'm not depressed about it. And people will ask like, well, how can you not be depressed? And it's like, well, because I have my own inner circle that I've been, I've made better than I've ever made it. You know, like my friends and I have loved, like we've never loved each other more because I'm more open now because I'm more like clear-minded and my relationship with my girlfriend's never been better. And um, like, we will laugh and enjoy life while the world burns around us. You know? You're playing Mario like, Odyssey. Yeah, Mario Odyssey. <laughs> through <right>? the apocalypse. <laughs> but, but you know. And Nero was played a- Mario Odyssey through <laughs> the burning of Rome. <laughs> Oh shit! Little lag there. Oh yeah, there you go. Are you good? Okay, sorry. Um, it says my connection is unstable, just like my <laughs> in like more my ways than one. <laughs> but, um, it's like they've been listening. But I don't think that it's like you should put your head in the sand and not pay attention. Yeah, no, I walked like, this line too. Of like you, yeah. I but, want. I know the things. But right. The, re- the repeating thoughts are too similar to depression and anxiety. Yes. And that's the way Twitter and Facebook are set up as an algorithm to just re- blast the same information. And it's not the same as being informed. It's just right. yeah. you're, you're on Twitter and Facebook. You know? I, I think what happened, and this is like a really reductionist thing. I've thought about this a lot. Is like for way. Oh, sorry. Are you, we didn't care about the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like everyone cares about the world, but no one is worried about their own mental health. And a lot of the things I'm reading that I've been concerned about is like people will say things like, you know, I bet you if we fix society, no one will be depressed anymore. And it's like, no, that's that's not true. Depression is a clinical, it's a mental illness. It's like the cold or like, you know what I mean? Like fevers or whatever. It's like, um, and I, I just think like, when we talk about like mental illness, in a systemic issue, that means like a, access to healthcare, access to more wellness centers and everything, right? But then when 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 that became like individualized, right? When social justice became like psychology, I think that was bad. When it was like mm-hmm. you're a victim, and you and it's like yeah, I am a victim systemically, but when you do that individually, it messes with you. And yeah. people don't know how to separate sociology with psychology. Then you need both, but you need to be able to balance the two, right? So like. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, it's no, that makes a lot of sense. That's, I, that's very eloquent. I've never actually heard anybody kind of talking about that right now. Well, you know, like, so someone like Ben Shapiro will say something like, and I hate Oh, that he's the Shapiro. best. <laughs> yeah, like, right he just turned really hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he'll say, he'll say something like, he'll, you know, he'll say like, microaggressions aren't real. You're not a victim. Get over mm-hmm. it. 
mm-hmm. but I'll say like, no, microaggressions are real. They're mm-hmm. all real. Every all these sociology lessons and all the systemic, they're all true. Mm-hmm. With that being said, like it's in your best interest if you can to get past it, because you can't yes, get it for your own health benefit. Because you it's can totally a get shitty fucking world. <laughs> I dude, I caught myself once, and I remember that this is a dangerous precedent. When I was there was an open mic, and nothing racist happened to me that week, and I was like, "Oh man, like what am I going to talk about? Like, can someone call me like a, a racial slur so I can complain about this?" And I was like, "This is not, this is not good either." <laughs> there has to be like a. That's <laughs> how so you go around trying to <laughs> compile bits. So you just go into white neighborhoods and like eat a dog in front of them, and they're like, "You're like your move, white people. Say something. Yeah, <laughs> say something. Like dare you." But Jesus no, I, I was. I'm not. I, I have not fully formed the thoughts yet. But I do know that when I was at a wellness center, and they, were, they would teach you things like um, positivity, gratitude, positive thinking, bipolar, you know, all these classes to help your um, mental health and it took me longer because every time they would teach me something i would have a social justice word to go well you're invalidating my trauma you're wow. you know and it was like too much of that you know? and the like, main thing you're dealing with is the bipolar too and yes. it's like you're saying it's like this thing that like society can't look away from on any level because it's its own individual thing and if you're going through that then it's like you just need to address that as the mental health issue. It's not yeah. about all these other things that are systemic yeah. going on right. because and, and also, trying to involve you in that cause is actually pretty destructive because it's, it is, I yeah. mean, man, it's a but, huge weight. But, but also like I actually care more about causes now that my mental health is better. Mm-hmm. I can, I can look at it in a more, oh, because like, you're competent now. And I'm competent <laughs> now, right. I can see it and I can get mad and let myself get really mad without letting me go out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, like without it consuming my life. Like so every now and then, like wow. two or three weeks, I will get really sad about a news story, and I'll be really sad for like I'm like I'm gonna let myself be like really sad for a day. I'm gonna take a day off and just like cry and let myself be sad. <laughs> kind of just schedule it in, and then the next day I'll be better. So like the world does get down, get to me sometimes, but I just doesn't like. I don't like I don't look for the outcome of an election or the outcome of a politic to make myself happy because you can't control those things. So you're mm-hmm when you put your hopes and dreams into like an outcome, it's like a sporting yeah. event, right? Like I'm, Oh, I was oh, just well, thinking that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't control that. So you have to make yourself happy despite whatever is happening in the world. So we don't have yeah. enough self-empowerment, I think on the left in general. We just, that's true, man. The people on the right are like loving themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like and, yeah. a cult of personality. It's a, yeah. it's like a Tony Robbins get yes. mentally health. So that's the thing is I, th- I joke all the time. I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, go the other way because it's like, they're just having so much more fun. <laughs> right. It's like you're, you're a liberal in a little boat with a hole in it. And then you look at the yacht of Republicans just dancing and firing guns. Yeah. <laughs> just like, they suck, but I'd like to yeah. be on that boat. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that all of their causes are wrong. I think they're mm-hmm. ahistorical. I oh, think yeah. mm-hmm. the right-wingers are just pure draconian, like yeah, horrible it's just, people. It's just logical, yeah. But, but, you know, some of the stuff they say about individualism is not untrue. It's just that the way they get there is, is yeah. invalidating, right? Like, mm-hmm. um. It, it, you do need to make yourself feel better, you, but I, the the way they do it is really shitty. To where they're like, "Get over it. It didn't happen." To you. Like they're gaslighting pieces of shit. You know, I think yeah, if no, you it's validate crazy. people and go, "You did go through some shit." 
but you know, like let's try it. But they're not like riddled with guilt complexes that are like so self-destructive. It's so weird. It's so perverse. And it's almost like water finding its own like level. Like you see why certain behaviors go to certain parties and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard with, um, with what's been going on in the news. It's hard to avoid it, but it's also been like since COVID man, like, it feels like nothing has really progressed in the culture much. It's like, we're just living the same day of anxiety and stuff. And I would like to just, you know, downgrade that. Yeah. I, I hate to say this, but I've actually been like thriving with uh, the pandemic, (laughs) like really cleaning up with this COVID thing, but (laughs) really Really? doing that. What are you doing? What have you been doing uh, during COVID? Well, okay. And we'll so ask like, also what shows and entertainment you've been consuming. What what things have you been enjoying? Please tell me. Well, okay. So a month before the pandemic happened, uh, you know, I told you I don't drive and I don't go. The the truth is, Hampton is I don't really. I've never gotten up that much. I've lied for years. I'm like, oh, I get up like three times a week. I get up like maybe twice a month. I barely sure. get up. I'm just and. Um, I guess but you're a funny person and honestly I feel like stand-up's kind of dead and like yeah. it's isn't stand-up kind of limiting in a lot of ways where yeah. it's like your online persona is just it's like infinitely yeah. bigger and it's, it's like exactly I, what really changed my perspective on stand-up and how much I kind of started to resent it was I was driving to a show and I almost got in a car wreck due to someone else just driving into our lane like and cars just swerving and I almost like hit somebody who is a pedestrian on the street and just like so many people could have died. And I'm just trying to go perform in front of like eight people, <laughs> right? you know, at 10 yeah. PM downtown yeah. Hollywood, just for fun, you know? And, and it was like to do the same jokes I'd done. I was like, this is a waste yep. of time. And yep. I was like, at the time building some sort of a following or fan base. I was like, I should just be working to performing for those people for shows I set up or with other people, but none of this, like just filling up the LA streets with comics, going to (laughs) random shows for bored audiences that don't want the fucking show. Like, no, no. dude, I've felt this way secretly for years now. So like when I first started, you know, because the bipolar made me like, I couldn't really get out anyway. So I was like, I'm going to record every set I do. I'm going to record everything I do. I'm going to try to videotape as much as I can. And I'm going to try to maximize those. This is so brilliant. This is so brilliant. I've I've been doing it since 2012, you know, Mm because I, and people think like, oh, you're lazy. You never go out. It's like, well, all the work I do is like at home behind the scenes. Yeah. So basically you have what good content too. I mean, like, oh, thank you. So you have much, a ton man. of clips and they're like great, uh, great oh, stand up. I was going to plug you before and after, but check oh. out Rob, check out Robin's <laughs> stand up. Robin is a killer stand up. She yeah. only goes up twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> but, but your writing is on par. You know your voice, and that's yeah. a huge thing. I mean, I appreciate that, man. But what happened was when I got on the new medication last September. My depression went away, but what happened was from October until around January, I was manic for the first time in my life. I didn't know I was manic because I'd never, I thought I was just happy, right? But in November, I went from going up twice a month. I did 21 open mics in 10 days. (laughs) It went up by like 90% 
So and you, then know, I, you spread COVID. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's November. It was before COVID. But this is insane. So That's I, so much stand up. So, it's worse than COVID. It's stand up. You're spreading stand up. <laughs> but I, because I was manic, I thought every idea I had was brilliant. And, I love it. I kind of. I don't know if I've been there. I, I mean, it's possible. I, I listened to one of my sets recently from that twenty one. They're all terrible, and I think I'm killing it. I'm not. And then someone told me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so fine, so fucked up. This happens to so many comics who have bipolar. It's like they yeah. do st- sets with mania happening, yeah. and they're like, I'm "That was killing. awful. I'm and fucking murdering." But then it, I'm George it, Carlin. <laughs> I felt really validated actually, um, because all these years, all these guys have told me like, "You don't get up enough. You're not grinding hard enough." So I did that, and my stand up suffered. So yeah. um, I went back to performing like two or three times a month and my sets were better than ever. And then in February, I was like, I don't really want to just get up all the time anymore. I see like, this is before the pandemic. I'm like, I'm going to start learning how to make memes. I know that sounds weird, but I'm like, people are making memes. I want to make memes because they look fun. I want to like learn a different language of comedy. Yeah. And so like when the pandemic started, I just started making memes about the pandemic and I started going viral. And I'm like, thank God I learned how to make memes. I'm learning how to make videos on my iPhone and my iMovie. I'm mm-hmm. making my own videos now. I'm cutting up all the clips, putting subtitles on them. So it was all this time that I never had before to like really just cr- crack down and do this. And also like everyone's at home right now. So like mm-hmm. this is the best time to just make some videos, put your content out there. And I always thought of it like, more people will see your content on Twitter than they will when you perform in front of eight people, like you said, right? Yeah. And I thought this the other night, actually, you know, when Trump got COVID and every, it's like comedian Super Bowl, right? Everyone's on Trump got COVID, <laughs> yeah. everyone wants to talk about it. And yeah. I saw a couple of comedians that usually go online, they were like on tour and they were performing for their own little crowd. I'm like, you just missed the biggest story on Twitter, you know, like, like more people could have heard you on Twitter than they could have when you went to go see like your 15, 20 fans or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm seeing yeah. the flaws and like, I'm, I miss stand up just because like every, I just need to see people like once or twice a month. I don't need them that much. I think that's a very proactive way to look at it. And honestly, if you look at stand up in general, the acceleration of how fast people get too good is a lot quicker than it used to be because people can watch stand up to the nth degree. They can watch a million clips before they ever do it, which didn't used to be the case. And I mean, there is a lot of benefit of course, to going to see live stand up before you actually do it because it is a completely different tone to the room. But the one thing that's awesome about what you're doing, I mean, there's many things, but I love that it's in the trend of actually, it's like comics have a hard time dealing with this transition maybe but the funny thing is i i don't think the industry is having a hard time with this transition which is that when i was coming up and stand up it was like incredibly gross to have like a a card or to self-promote on myspace it was like that long ago that it was just so gross and you'd make fun of people who were doing it locally everyone made fun of me yep yep and it's like now Ha ha, look how stupid you look, not exactly. knowing how to do any of this dumb shit, you fucking caveman. And it's oh, just, yeah. it's technology. Oh, it's, it's not evil or good. It's, it's just learning exactly. how to use the phone, yeah. how to keep being current with technology. And yeah. that's where it's like, I, I think I appreciate that. It's giving a lot of the control back to comics, yeah. people who can 
create a voice, have it in a void, but then amplify it and work with other people. And like, there's no fucking rules. Yeah. You know, I I was really, I was really mean when the pandemic first started because all these guys that were telling me to go grind and and all that stuff while I was doing this, I was like, oh, hey, hey, guys, you guys can't grind anymore, huh? Are you guys going to grind during a pandemic? And, you know, they're trying to get these like social distance open mics going. I'm like, I have, I have videos and, um, but if you want to know what I've been up to, like on, I blew up on TikTok actually. By putting, oh my! By, by this putting, is over. All right. No, 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 no. By putting my yeah, yeah, he's cutting the feed. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've been banned. <laughs> I, I have, I have a couple of clips of my stand-up that got a, a million views, and so I got, I got a hundred and forty thousand followers in like three months. I oh. have more fan, like they all went to my instagram my my facebook my twitter i actually have a fan base Damn, can i hit you up on how to do <laughs> this yeah, is so no, lame. No. Well, <laughs> but, but i have to get over that i have to get over thinking it's like like i mean just you know like asking for help is already so hard in stand-up because it's well, supposed to be such an individual thing well no i mean what i did was um i i have a, a i had an hour that was on hulu i had i did an hour taping in 2017 it was the best that i ever had it was like from beginning i killed for a whole hour i just got access to a hulu subscription yeah. i'm i just watched blade of the immortal but this will be the next watch <laughs> oh it's, it's not that well they took it down like after a year mm-hmm. it was like a part of a six-part series and i was like i'm gonna do this special and then i'll probably kill myself after or whatever you know like that was like my goal and <laughs> that was like I'm, I love I'm setting even... the deadlines always. <laughs> I would just push it all the time. You know, it's like yeah. high school graduation. Now nah, I gotta graduate college, but then I didn't do that. I was like, well, now yeah. I gotta do stand up for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's actually you how keep it... moving the goalpost. Oh, I was gonna do stand up for the first time and then kill myself. No, it's all true. I know you're is that is that how you approach it also? Oh yeah, I was like, I'll do stand up once and I'll kill myself. Oh, I but I killed on accident, like on stage. So I guess I gotta keep doing it. And then I have this this special that it didn't get sold on Hulu, but I remember thinking for this hour special, I was going to probably do okay for half and then it was going to bomb a little bit and then we were going to edit it. But I killed for the entire hour and I, there was a timer on top. Oh, and I said, when I, when I was finished, it said 59.58. I was like, I was like, I'm going to be goosebumps thinking about it. It's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life is that one hour special. Oh, so, I'm for sure checking it out. I'm sorry I haven't already. No, no, no. It's, well, it's not up anymore, but um, the clips. All right. I, well, then fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> no, fuck <laughs> it. I'm saying fuck it. <laughs> the, the no, clip. we're done. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Hampton. All right. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Sorry, I'm sorry again. This began with an apology. It will end with one. Um, but All right. So you have it on TikTok, though. I just I cut up. Beautiful. Like, I love minute, it. Minute long clips, 20 second long clips. 40 second long clips. I have this. Um, I pay twenty dollars for this website where I can put subtitles on them. If yeah, you put yeah. subtitles on your videos, like it goes up by like ten times the amount of views. Oh yeah, and, yeah. So I would just put up some videos, and it didn't really get any traction. And then one video hit, and it got a hundred thousand views on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit! I didn't even know that 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 would happen. And then it kind of just kept spiraling. And then now it's like um, another video might hit a million views today. You know, like it's just like. Whenever that happens, it's Sick. crazy. Like I, I can't believe. Congrats! This is Thank great. Yeah. But I also. This is like the lot. best time ever. Is that you've had the focus from this this time to like yeah. dedicate all this to TikTok. <laughs> yeah. No. It's 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 like it's fun. It's I don't know, all of it is really fun to me. You know, because my brain used to think about depression. You know, when you're depressed, you can't think about anything else. 
so that wow. it, it has been replaced with jokes. And not, and not only have I not been depressed uh, at all for 13 months, I've written new jokes nonstop every day for over a year. Every day, all I do is write jokes now, memes, jokes. It's, it's, I didn't write a new joke for two years before that. I could yeah. not write one new joke for two years now. So I'm probably a little manic still, you know, so I need to be careful of that all the time. But um, I just love doing it. I would do it for free, you know, except capitalism sucks. So you have to like, every now and then I got to put out a trans video that I don't really want to. Like, oh, isn't it hard being transgender? And it's like, I don't want to do that. But like, people like it. <laughs> no one wants to hear my wrestling jokes. So yeah. I got to like, do a little, like, little, do a little dance for the trans. Yeah, I was like or, trying to think of how you could scam the system where you just like say Star Wars, like at the front of the clip and then. You then get into whatever you want to talk about. So my my dad is uh, never loved yeah. me. <laughs> you, like, get yeah. into, you get into the good stand up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I encourage anyone who has like, if you have good clips of yourself and you can like edit it with iMovie mm-hmm. and you can edit it to like 30, 40 seconds and you put some subtitles on it, um, you oh, will go viral right away. But like every, I think you and there's other comedians it's the that new are model. Telling. Yeah, and it's like. Um, you'll get a new audience on TikTok, but they will go over to your Twitter and your Instagram. I got like 2,000 new followers on Twitter and a couple of thousand on Instagram also. And then they become your fans and then you put your Venmo or whatever on top. You get donations from strangers. And then this is the first time in my life I've actually like when COVID, if COVID ever ends, like, you know, I would, I actually would go on tour. Like, because <laughs> I have people who want to actually see me now. I yeah. actually, I've never had a fan base before. And um, someone's knocking on the door. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Okay. Uh, I hate it when they knock on the door when they deliver a package. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's what funny. are you doing? Then they run away. <laughs> it's like... You know what? You know what showed up is uh, my girlfriend yesterday. She was going through her phone, and she's like, "I don't know which stress ball to buy." She's all stressed out about which stress ball. <laughs> I love her. She's a comedian too. But I was just like, "I don't know which stress ball to buy." That's capitalism. <laughs> Did you see Eddie Pepitone's "For the Masses" special? Um, is it on Hulu? It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Maybe I watched a bit of it. I, don't I think really I loved it. It, it might have been is. like late at night and I popped it on. That's why. He just has this bit about how there's a whole industry now of like, um, of like stress releases because, you know, we don't have healthcare. <laughs> we don't have any like community or anything. So yeah. it's like, squeeze the ball, squeeze the bully ball, squeeze the bully ball. And I just thought of that. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what we were talking about. Uh, I think we were talking about social justice and all the things that need, people need to change. Yeah, this like <laughs> I feel like I feel like I said a lot of things that I shouldn't have said on this thing. But I about like like when I got a um a fan base for the first time, I learned a lot. And I oh really? I've never been. I've always been like the um, defending people, you know, because everyone goes, "Oh, PC culture sucks, cancel culture sucks," you know, those people. Mm-hmm. And I hate mm-hmm. those people. I still hate those people. But I didn't realize the Bill that, Burr crowd. <laughs> yeah, but then it started happening to me. And I'm uh, like, but I didn't break any rules. I followed your rules. I didn't punch down. I didn't do racist yeah. or whatever. They started just telling me like, you can't make fun of a Green Day meme. That's about his dead dad. You can't. I'm like, this is not a social justice at all. You just want to tell me what to say. And 
So mm-hmm. what, what they do, and they're not as bad as people who are like, you know, they want you to die and stuff. The right wingers are evil, you know, but what the, like this kind of woke culture, they will say, I think you should be able to live as long as you do and think exactly what, you know, like yeah, I thought totally soon. And, 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 and a lot of them are white also. Like it's a lot of white woke. They kind of, <laughs> yeah. they kind of took the movement over. You know what I mean? Like I think Bill Burr said, mm. I, you know, I've written about it too. Like, no, he was dead on. It was hysterical. I mean, it yeah, was like. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, like you're just a white person telling me what to do at this point. And I've never had anyone tell me before, like, I used to like you. Then I heard this joke. I'm disappointed in you. And once you hear that, it's like, oh my god, that reminds me of like how my dad talked to me. Like that's yeah. I started I, getting stuff like that, and I just ignored it. And yeah, and I, I, it's I, never I, it's never really bothered me too much because I I used to care so much, and yeah. I'm just done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm because you I'm can't like, please anybody all the time. It's like no uh, matter. It's like I'm saying before. It was like you do you check all the little boxes of you do something for TV. Yeah. And then people are just like motherfucker's not funny this look at this <laughs> like people were just like he's ugly like they just started attacking my looks they're just right, like he, yeah, he yeah, sounds yeah. like aziz or john mulaney or lou like they're just like pulling yeah. names out of hats it's like yeah there's no pleasing anybody when you even do it to the best intentions it's certified by the network it's safe for everybody yeah. whatever yeah. it's like doesn't fucking matter yeah, people I just hate stand up for the most part. It, it, I mean, that true. doesn't get talked about enough. Is that the fact that it does play stadiums oddly, but it is less popular than jazz. It is. <laughs> if if I started playing jazz in a waiting room, you would sit there for four hours. If I just played a random stand up album for even five minutes, people would get their kids, get the fuck yeah. out of that orthodontist office right away. It's funny. There's a lot of Gen Z on TikTok. Speaking mm-hmm. of that, and a lot of the, a lot of them, they don't even like stand up comedy as a genre. They it's, don't like it. It's lame. They they they, they like me and John Mulaney, and that's it. <laughs> like, the only people I like are you and John Mulaney. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. yeah, and then they go, oh, two Asian women. Like, oh, that's a John Mulaney joke. Well, it's it started with, and I also think this way um, with um, how people just have content now, as opposed to like a special is almost too limiting in a lot of ways because it's only on a now still streaming, but just one platform for a little bit of amount of time. Who knows how much they'll even amplify it because maybe a big celeb will have, you know, a stadium. Uh, you know, special while your yeah. little special gets put up. Anyway, the point is, is like, it's about just f- make making your own content that you actually control. The yes. amount of cameras you put on yourself, because now it's just so fucking easy. Yep. Like you're saying, it's really just learning the technology. But yeah. now it's like, I like to just make clips that are like, um, kind of, I don't know what it is, like an art piece almost. Like I want yeah. to put my stand up there, but I also want to have it shift into like visuals that right. then go into music, that then go yeah. back into stand up. And it's like, I can't authorize the legality of all of that stuff, but I can right. throw that on like digital content and, yeah. and not you worry know, about how the rights are cleared and shit. And you, like, know, you know what it reminds me of? I had a friend talk to me once about music and he, he said he didn't like any kind of non-rock music. He didn't like rap music, trap music, or whatever. And he said it's because he sound of the strumming of the guitar chord. And it's like, that's so ancient, dude. Like you're against technology. You're against like, like music is this fuller sound now, you know, with all the technology. And it's like, 
I wow. think stand-up, I, I love stand-up, but it's going to probably be like movie theaters at some point, right? You know, before it shut down here, it's like, you're going to come out and watch stand-up, but it's like this kind of ancient thing. And I think that's fine if you, like, just learn how to be funny in other ways. Like, aren't you here because you want to be funny? Like, does it yeah. need to be stand-up comedy? Like, I... It feels um, very limited to be like, here's my bit, you know, just everybody listen to me. Yeah. And this is the context you're going to hear it. And then I'm going to be honest, majority of stand-up just sucks. It, does. it sucks shit. And it doesn't, yeah. it, it's not worth that validation of five it's minutes true. of your time and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's too many people who aren't really that funny getting too many specials for too much amount of time. Like it's, it's an oversaturation. So what yeah. it really is, is like, well, I don't want to discourage people from doing stand-up in general. I'm more just like, no, just make your own content and put it out. And then, like, people are just as likely to see that on YouTube or TikTok than they are on Netflix. And then yeah. you'll make your audience, because I think that's the thing is, like, I like stand-ups that generally have some sort of voice. It's maybe going to be possibly, not every time, but it's sometimes a more difficult road. Because right. if you're truly doing something interesting, not everyone's going to get it right that's away. That's true. <clears throat> Yeah. And then it's like, but th so what stand-up has for the longest time just had a really toxic scene <laughs> that's rewarded, it is, it's toxic rewarded scene. shitty behavior. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 it's I don't even hang out with the comedians. Yeah. It's the worst. Mm -hmm. I hate. Also, no, it's like, yeah. can you clock out? Like, before, like you haven't, you haven't even done the mic yet and you're just fucking doing your bit. Like, yeah. Like, I, I push the line. Yeah. It's like, they yeah. think there's a lot of comics who are just bad to hang out with because they kind of feel like they can um, beat you up you know, beat right. you up around yeah. and stuff, which is just not fun. And it, it's because it's this competitive scene and it's rewarding bad behavior. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I, yeah. So I just feel like people who maybe have an individual voice, it's not like go into other things. It's more like be smarter and definitely be aware of the technology that's at your fingertips. And like yeah. you writing tweets is going to get you a job on SNL or right. something, you know, yeah. it's going to get you in a writer's room somewhere Yeah. or just, yeah. Filming your own stuff. You're going to, it's like you've done the work that a lot of people's special is hopefully going to get Yes. is that hopefully it clicks and then hopefully right. people start, you know, memeing it or whatever. But yeah. I think it's a Actually, proactive you know, way to look at your career. Well, one thing I actually, I learned a lot from this TikTok experience, you know, is I ran out of stand-up comedy clips and I started getting worried. I'm like, what am I going to put up? And my girlfriend was like, you should just make videos of just you talking to the camera and like do jokes that, you know, didn't work on stage, didn't do this. And I was really insecure, dude. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it without the, the production, you know, the cameras, the, there's great lighting for my special. And so I did a few videos where I'm just talking to the camera and I'm editing, I'm learning how to use iMovie. And then one of them got like, 300,000 views and I was like dude this is just now I'm literally just me Ooh, no corporation it. I'm just doing jokes that like it never really worked on stage and it has before. an audience <laughs> yeah and it has an audience and so like now I can just produce my own videos and I'm, I'm thinking about getting like a desk you know like a little backdrop and just like producing my own videos and like um oh yeah and it's just it's just really fun to like it's my it's my material I own it I wrote it. I'm shooting it. I'm editing it. Um, oh, I no, I'm being attacked by monsters now. <laughs> like, it's going to be like the lamest dream <laughs> For zero reason. Like, oh, my God, oh, no, I'm totally in this well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can, can I use that? <laughs> I don't know. So you're saying to do TikTok, I have to learn how to dance. I have to get into <laughs> dancing. 
I have to be a sexy teen. <laughs> I, don't I have to be on cuties. <laughs> How did the cuties get a comedy special and I'm still suffering? <laughs> you know what's funny about the cuties controversy is that uh, on either side of Folks, it, this is a this is a thing. We're just gonna dive in. No explanation. Well, it's, it's funny on the on the cuties thing. It's like first it was like if you watch cuties, you're a pedophile. And then a couple of days later, it was like, well, if you don't want to watch cuties, you're a pedophile. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this conversation at all. I don't even. That was exactly the snake eating its own tail thing. I'm just like, you guys, there's also a third option here. Just cuties doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> I am playing Doom on my Xbox 360 and having a great time listening to System of Down. <laughs> I don't know what this, just having a good time. I don't know what this says about me though. When I heard about cuties, I was like, I don't know. I'm a little uneasy about this and that. You know, I didn't have a strong opinion. And then someone told me, like a few weeks later, they said, um, "Oh, it's in French. There's subtitles." I'm like, "Oh, it's not American. That's fine." For some reason, I just think like, if it's American. It's like, <laughs> well, I don't know why. Oh, oh well, okay. <laughs> then who am I trying to fire if they're not? If they don't make U.S. currency, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what kind of racism that is, but <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's pretty wild that um, like child porn is one of the few crimes that, like, if you actually investigate it, you're kind of participating in it. <laughs> it's right. like you have to watch all that child porn, <laughs> but you're just the whole time you have to be like gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, man. Did <laughs> anybody arrested, arrested for that? Someone got arrested for that. Like a a, a, a famous rock star, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> 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 Someone got arrested for that. Uh, Epstein. Uh, who? This is happening. I don't know. I forgot his name. It was I totally boy. buy it. I'm I'm not that interested. <laughs> he said he said he said that he had been molested when he was a kid, so he was doing research on it on his laptop. And I was like, well, that's oh right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you fit the mo. Sorry, <laughs> like, yeah. god damn. Okay, uh, you, I just I'm sorry. I, I I talk a lot on podcasts, so I hope not. I appreciate it. Thank you. Actually. Yeah. Um. If you had questions, you, I think you had questions earlier that I plowed through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to nothing yeah. uh this has actually been incredible and this might be uh enough i did write down literally what are you up to these days like that's oh, <laughs> that's I, how that's how much thought i put into this now let's just end on kind of a simple thing what do you um what do you listen to musically and what do you like listen to to <laughs> did you ever have a period where you like listen to a certain type of music or a song when you were really like at a low point yeah, I it was um, Weezer was big, like Pinkerton. Really? Pinkerton oh my god, that's my perfect. Favorite. Yeah, it was my favorite album for a while, um, and then uh, this is I don't know I don't know how to say this without when all the protesting happened with police brutality, I became so aware of white privilege that I'm like I can't listen to Weezer anymore. Like it's like what is Rivers even complaining about? Like you can't fuck a 17 year old Japanese girl. Like goddamn these Japanese girls <laughs> like, do it every time. Japanese you know, like, girls gonna get you. <laughs> I couldn't listen. I couldn't listen to Weezer for two months. After. He loves oh. cuties. <laughs> 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 God damn these You're fifty, Rivers. Um, I, I know, I I know way too much about Eminem. I've listened to all of Eminem. He's great. Albums. He's fun. Con 
like I just I just know so much about Eminem. Like I listen to him whenever I get stoned, and like I take an edible, I just message people and just tell them how much I love Eminem. <laughs> and I just have so many like I had to. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 right. He's good. Well, you know, like the thing about Eminem albums is like oh, you know, he's like, wildly homophobic, right? <laughs> <laughs> And he's also done some bad things as well. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> you know, the songs like My Name Is, The Real Slim Shady, Without Me, and all those songs. If you yeah. listen to Eminem albums, the whole thing is really, really dark. And then in the middle of it, there's like this commercial. Like you're listening to Eminem like killing dogs and fucking his wife. And all of a sudden it's like, ding, 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 ding. May I have your attention, please? You're like in the middle of this album. And you find out that like he didn't even want to do that song. They made Really? So what happened with the Marshall Mathers LP? I'm going to get, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for this. They, 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 they say like, your album's too dark. We need like another My Name Is. So he gets mad. So he makes it the way I am. And then he goes into the studio and goes, Dre, do you, do you think we have one more hit in us? So for six hours or whatever, they make the real Slim, Slim Shady. And Eminem said, when I heard it, it, it made me as annoyed as My Name Is. And I knew that was going to be a hit. And because of this, I realized now, because I'm stoned, right, that those songs are actually even darker than the rest of the album because it's pure mm. commercialism, right? So it's like, mm. as Eminem is pouring his heart out, I fucking hate my wife and I'm insecure. Yeah, what my mom. And yeah, also, hey, funny. everyone, here's a song that the record made me do. <laughs> like, it's like, this weird, like, wh- like, why is this song on this album, you know? Yeah. And then, um, uh, you, can, you can cut all this out, but I'm, gonna, I'm almost done. But <laughs> You're done. The Eminem, the Eminem show which came after the Marshall Mathers LP is my favorite Mm -hmm. Eminem album because it's a struggle that I relate with, which is that album is about, Hey, do my peers still like me? Because I know I sold out. And that album is about getting the respect from his peers, not from his fans. You know, that has white America in it, which is about white privilege without saying white privilege. Mm. And then, yeah, it is. Yeah. I just, I just, dude, I, I was just blasting that the other day while like driving through like McDonald's (laughs) and I was like, man, Like it's just like white America, and I was like, it's like there's no, I don't have a thing connection right now, so it's like the one CD and the thing, and I'm like, all right, yeah. I guess this is what we're blasting in uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm obsessed with Eminem. There there was a period where you do you know that song lyric where he is the song with Rihanna. And he goes, you see, you watch her leave out the window. That's why they call it window pane. Yeah, that's the funniest the, fucking line. The, the dumbest. So I for. During the pandemic, one of the first <laughs> things I did was I made over 50 beams about window pane. Like, it would just be like, um, I guess that's why they, like, the, a Windows XP picture, guess that, that's why they call it Windows Pane. Or like, Carl Winslow, guess that's why they call it Win- Winslow Pane. Like, lottery winners that died, guess they Nothing call it Nothing but that. These are... Window <laughs> Pane. <laughs> I made, like, 50 of these. And I just... Mm. This is you stockpiling. <laughs> This is like when Republicans get guns. Like you're just stockpiling yeah, memes, sitting Eminem. on the ammo. So that's what I do. I listen to Eminem and Rilo Kiley. I listen to a lot. Um, I listen. But do to you a lot listen of- to Eminem to get pumped? I was gonna ask. What's a song, What's music you listen to to get kind of jock jammed? Ever? Yeah, I was in the Eminem. zone, memeing it up. Ugh, I when I used to go to the gym, I would listen to Sum Forty One. Hell like, yeah! Or, yeah, just all killer, no filler. Does this look infected is one of the best albums ever made. I was going to say that one too. It's it's just like 
banger, banger, banger. Thanks for nothing is a great song. You know, like down, it kind of starts off slow. You think, oh, is some forty one changing their tune? Nope. <laughs> and it just goes on and so some forty one and I absolutely recommend that if you're trying to get pumped. Yeah. yeah. And also I like I really like um Limp Biscuits Roland Urban Assault <laughs> Vehicle. Not the one on T T R L, the one with DMX and Red Man and Method Man, and it's like uh, it's a rap song, and it he's going, he's going, Limp Biscuit, GMX, Arf, 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 like DMX That's upsetting. <laughs> DMX is barking as Fred Durst is yelling, Limp Biscuit. I'm like, how is this not the greatest song ever made? It's six minutes long. <laughs> Wait, Red Man or Method Man? Who is it? It's Red Man, Method Man, and DMX, and, and Fred Durst. I feel bad for Red Man and Method Man. That's what I was saying. It's like, I just feel like they're like... <laughs> looking at fred durst and dmx being like what the hell is going on because it's like you it, it's all a tragedy that we're getting real ra- rappers next to fred durst because yeah. the the idea was that oh he does rap rock so he's yes. like a rapper but it's like yeah. no not at all <laughs> i love the ending of the song is dmx barking and fred durst going bark that shit <laughs> It pumps me up, dude. To this day, I was listening to it the other day. Yeah, like, on, like I, put, it's one of the songs I put on every day. I listen to Kid Rock's Bawadba, like uh, <laughs> the live version, like all the time. Like literally, just start hitting the ceiling of my car and just like, yes. I used to love Kid Rock. Do you? Do you oh, he's. Do you so, I, I haven't heard much. Is he still cool? No, I don't. Yeah, no. He's. I love his politics. Still awesome. I'm not a big fan of his music. I love. Him. But it's like I don't know. It's like uh, you can't take him seriously, and who cares? In the same sense that, like, uh, you get it. You know. Did you, did you watch wrestling WWF for a while? Kid, Rock I never. Like, I never watched it. Oh yeah, well, except Kid for when Rock, I was a kid. But yeah. Yeah, he used to do the theme song for The Undertaker when he became biker, and it was like, oh, man, American badass. What? And then he, they did rolling, 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 rolling. You'd hear it every week. And uh, I remember WWF once introduced him as our favorite band in the whole wide world. They actually said the whole wide world, the nerdiest thing. And you hear Fred Durst is, is performing at WrestleMania, and no one gives a shit. The fans are just, like, going to the bathroom. He's performing for, like, 40,000 people, and no one is making noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder why that guy kind of secretly hates the music industry and always wanted to get out. Yeah. The best the best secret about Limp Bizkit is he he started the whole thing to just make money to do his directing. Is that is that, that true? Yeah, he says that where he's like it was just to get some money together to wow. do directing, which is like the most insane plan that <laughs> kind of worked. I mean, I guess. Is you he know? a good director? Do you know? Does he do uh, I don't think it's like offensively bad. He's yeah. he's not like UA Bowl or whatever, you know. He seems like a decent guy now. Yeah, he he seems. That's the thing. Like he he kind of seems cool. I yeah. use his um, I use one of his songs. Yeah, for his, my uh, Patreon episodes of this podcast, and oh, I like you? have it over the Seinfeld music. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how like a lot of bands we used to make fun of are like like all anti-Trump, like now they're like kind of cool, like, oh, Limp Bizkit comes out against Trump, Smash Mouth wrote a tweet about Trump. So <laughs> yeah, Eminem. Like it's, it's, <laughs> that's the thing is like, I was into Eminem throughout like the Berserker and Rap God was like yes. one of the best achievements of his career. I love yeah. that song. I thought it was like truly inventive, but then it was like 
you know, him in like a parking garage with a Red Bull being like, Donald Trump, Forrest Gump. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, ah, damn. Really quick. I know I'm going to talk here. about chainsawing off your mom's tits. Come on, man. I gotta, I know I'm talking too much about Eminem. You can edit all this out. I won't be offended, but I need to just tell you, forget the fans, Hampton. I'm going to tell you about Eminem real quick is that in, in 2017, he put out an album called Revival where he was woke. And it's one of the worst albums ever made. It's Wait, so bad. Which one is that? Is that Revival. the Rihanna? I walk is that on Rihanna water. back? Or is that the first no, time no. they hooked up for... No, that was, no. He, he hooked up with Rihanna the other two albums before this one. This one actually had a song with Beyonce in it. And it bombed. <laughs> like, it's called Walk on Water. What a bad call. <laughs> walk on Water. And it's about how he can't live up to his expectations. He has a song about police brutality. He has a song I about feel bad for... <laughs> But the thing is, is that the message was good, but the songs were bad, you know. And it was one is regarded as one shit, man. One. Gotta let him be him. That's a, then, that's it's it's a tragedy. And I've been saying this that people don't understand it because I'm like, look, there was a time and place Eminem should have had a sketch show. Yes, like he was <laughs> truly funny. He was, and in the forgot about Dre music video, all those oh, little right. skits where it's they keep jumping skit. to him, he's just like. What, what he, he comes he comes in and he says, I don't know, I'm listening to my um oh, my Will Smith CD. <laughs> I'm listening to my Will Smith CD. It, I, I don't I know heard, what this bitch is saying right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like so funny. He's doing he's like acting, like it's great rhythm to it. And I was like, man, the amount of music videos where he's doing uh drag, he does he's like yes. so playful right he off is. the gate with his whole persona, and he's like yeah. I'm going to do characters. I'm going to do voices. And it was like, and people were like, dude, do you have any idea how big this guy was? A sketch show would have been the worst yes. thing. But I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like he would have had a sketch show that would have been like, a me like on a Chappelle level where we still talk about it. Like yep. he would have been cutting edge because yeah, he would have gone after just all the people he goes after in his albums, but it would have been like well-produced yeah. No? Sketch comedy, so, I think. So he comes out with that Woke album. The next album he comes out with was, fuck that Woke album. This is me. It's called... It's called <laughs> Ball with the Ball the Bird. So, so, so then he comes out with that album. I've been back to Detroit. And then people didn't like that album. And so he next album, he goes, fuck you for not liking that last album I did about how you didn't like my last... So like every album he's doing now is about... Everything's a oh, retaliation okay. with him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All so he knows like, is battling. What? It, all he knows is battling. And yeah, he, he's, he's so into like, when the Machine Gun Kelly thing, I think yeah. he probably dropped down to his knees and did like a prayer to thank God. You, like, you. thank you, this is finally happened. Like, and it's like two white guys going <laughs> after each other, have at it, the, yeah. the battle of who could care less. <laughs> yeah. uh, so much. I try to make fun of him, so I stop liking him. He's but. great though. It's, it's yeah. but it's like, in the same way a lot of art it's like i don't have to be best friends with the person to just think they make good music or some shit but like yeah right yeah kanye's out there making like religious albums so yeah i couldn't get into that but one. johnny cash had a religious period and then he came back where it was like when he was like about to die they're like no he's the man in black he's like scary <laughs> he lives by railroad tracks and he his best friend's a cactus <laughs> and it's like but like there was uh, yeah. two decades where he only sang about god and yeah. he only wore rhinestone gleaming jackets and right. how, you know. how's, how's he how's he doing is he good 
<laughs> he got canceled. <laughs> He's done. Yeah, they didn't like hurt or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, Joaquin Phoenix played him with Joker makeup, and now he's done. <laughs> I hurt myself today. <laughs> and I'm tired of pretending that I didn't. Or whatever. Uh, Robin, thank you so much for being here. You were an incredible guest. Thank you. Uh, what's something you'd like to promote? Uh, send people your direction. Oh, you know, if you just look up Robin Tran 4 I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, just find me online. I'm just, I'm constantly just putting out content because I'm, I just like doing it for fun. I like just yeah. making people laugh however I can. Um, I, no, seriously, I've been a fan of yours for years. I just remember jokes of yours from like, you know, the Olympics. Remember that bit about the Olympics you did? It's so funny. Yeah, that was funny. People, people used to just tell stories about you when I was in the OC. Like, I saw Hampton yesterday and you went on. I won't even quote some of this stuff because, you know, it's not like you said some things that are not cool, like on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, you can edit this out. Can I, can I tell you something, something that someone said that you said on stage once? That I said on stage? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I didn't, I didn't see this, but apparently you went on stage and you just went up and you went, you went Muslims? Y'all got to go. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Sorry. <laughs> it was something that happened in the news, and it was like, and I remember the bit, and I remember how horrified uh, the comic was in front of me who saw it. He was, I don't want to put his name out there, but it was so funny to see his face because I was like trying to make some joke about how we have Amish communities yeah. for like fundamentalists. Yeah. Uh, people and and that was kind of the connection I was just trying to make and I yeah. was like saw how horrified people were and then I think I just joked around how bad it would be if I really had these <laughs> beliefs or something. I don't know yeah yeah it was very funny I'm sorry oh, I man. you on the spot but I watched your Comedy Central half hour a while ago too just I just watched a lot of you talked about, you talked a lot about depression on it I was like man you took some real risks with this and Thank um you. Been nice years. I wasn't expecting talk. that. Thank you. I now know. I don't know where to put this <laughs> mentally. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, I appreciate you just, so much. Thanks. For you think that. you're funny, right? Um, I don't know what's happening these days. But you think you're? Do you think that you're funny? Oh, sure. Actually, I think I'm like God. That's the problem. Yeah. I think I'm like I have like a I insane think, narcissism I complex. Think, <laughs> I think. I think that you. Do you? You, you need to. Actually, I think, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to get me to go, but I just have one more thing to say that I learned. It's like, that once I learned that I, once I knew that I was funny. <clears throat> oh, my, you know what? That is one of my questions. When did you know you were funny? Like, when, when did I you start million, feeling that? When I hit a million views in July for, with one video. Holy I was like, shit. I, I was like, I think. So I'm not funny. even when you started stand-up. I didn't, I didn't realize I was funny until, you know, no, actually, no. You know, it was before that. It was. My last roast battle, which was two days before the pandemic, I was battling Alex Hooper and I just fucked around and I was just myself and I was getting laughs and I realized like, I don't, you know, it used to be like my jokes were everything. And now my jokes are just like this thing that I'll say if I run out of my own personality. And it, I, I wrote this whole long post afterwards. Like I finally found my comedy voice after eight years and everything. And then the pandemic happened. But, um, but, <laughs> but. What, it's what God. Afraid, it's, it's a sign. <laughs> I was afraid that if I knew I was funny, my ego would get bigger, but it actually shrunk. Because like when when mm. I thought I wasn't funny, everything that everything felt like an attack all the time. Like you didn't like my joke. Are you saying I'm not funny? Fuck you, yeah. I'm funny. And it just becomes like this whole cycle. But if I know I'm funny even when I'm not funny, then I can take criticism. Then you'd be like, I didn't like that joke. Oh, that's cool. I'm still funny, but that joke was bad. And it that's that that whole 
it changes everything. And now you're comfortable with failing and knowing that you can fail and still be funny. And I think that's kind of like one of the secrets of comedy is you need to know that you're funny. Yeah. And failure kind of helps. I mean, it really does just beats you up and makes you realize why you're dedicated to it. Yeah. it's, It's also like an exciting opportunity to be like, Oh, I can make this better. Like and that's fun. really the da- the danger with trying to like, I don't know, it, you know, if you're trying to be funny for the first time, as I was saying before, it's like learn as many technologies as possible. But, you know, I imagine it'd be hard to find your voice exclusively on Twitter. It's true. Know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anything that's just like 144 characters or whatever, like, yeah. I don't know how many. It's characters. tough. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go. I'm sorry. I just went on. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no all right rap battle let's do this <laughs> all right uh thank you so much for being here you've been uh an incredible guest Thanks, uh man. You're great, i think man. you've thank been maybe one of the most profound people we've had on this podcast oh i appreciate that man thank you so much um check out robin tran wherever you can uh you i am glad you're alive thanks man i'm glad you're alive too take care all right bye bye Are we both leaving now? Yeah, we're leaving now. Okay. (laughs) Holy shit, what a great episode. (laughs) That felt great. Um, I hope you you guys really enjoyed Robin. If you want to support this podcast and you want more of this coming out, uh, you can go to patreon.com for $5 a month. You can support this podcast, get uh, weekly episodes on Monday, and you get the back catalog of old Y'all Ever and Suicide Buddies episodes. And there's other ways to support the podcast. Uh, go to uh, our Threadless page at yallever.threadless, at hamptonyunt.threadless. There's merch. There's all sorts of shirts and sweaters and things you can get for this winter time. Hey, everybody needs clothes. Why not get a Y'all Ever shirt? Um, why not get a Hampton Yunt shirt with the sick-ass demon design that my brother made? It's awesome. I also put up a special shirt on HamptonYunt.Threadless that is Calvin peeing on racism. <laughs> and I don't know. That's probably going to get shut down at some point. But there's a myriad of ways that you guys could support this podcast. Um, uh, you can listen to my albums online all right i'm now just droning on and on you guys are incredible thanks for listening to this podcast if you want to write in ever to comment talk uh to me uh have a comment about an interview that i've had please write into y'all ever email at gmail.com always appreciate it i will get around to reading some more emails soon uh but you guys are the best Uh, again thanks to virginity for this theme song And check out this fucking killer guitar riff. A podcast network.